What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're putting a lot of pressure on kids. Just let the kid be. Let them be a 10-year-old. I mean, yeah, social media, I get it. There's a lot of opportunities that come off of that. But it's really the parents using their kids as the asset. Brands, you know, they'll a lot of time use the athletes as assets. So now this kid is an asset to not only brands, but also his own parents. And all the pressures on them to keep going and rising. I think we're going to see a lot of problems out of that. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Andrew Petcash, sports entrepreneur, creator, writer, and podcast host. A former Division I basketball player at Boston University, Andrew founded Profluence in 2021 to share insights and analysis on the business of athletes, sports, and name, image, and likeness. Andrew and I discuss the pros and cons of NIL, why education is crucial in making informed decisions regarding recruiting and NIL, and the rise of the entertainment youth athlete got another phenomenal guest super pumped to have him uh we connected through social media i love his work uh he's covering a space that i think a lot of the audience is very familiar with i also think it's it's something that a lot of people you know they see the headlines uh they read the articles it's becoming kind of a new phenomenon but uh it's coming on strong coming on fast and it's impacting you know sports at every level um i'm really pumped to dig in with him Former Division One basketball player, I'll let him kind of dig into his background here, but my man, Andrew Petcash. Andrew, thanks so much for hopping on, bro. Nick, super excited to do this one, man. I know we've been sitting on the sidelines with this, so excited to, uh, you know, just open up this conversation we'd have in private to the public and, uh, you know, drop some knowledge on everyone. Dude, well, I love your work. We connected, obviously, on social, as I said, but, you know, you, you're covering the business of sports, the business of professional, all the way down to youth and everything and all these stories you're putting out, you know, your, your blogs and your articles. But you, what, what really is catching my attention uh, a lot is your coverage of NIL. All right. So before we get into that, can you just give everyone a brief little synopsis of your athletic background and then how you got into covering the business of sports and NIL in particular? 
Yeah, so really starts three years ago with a huge decision all around NIL. And I was, I just finished my senior year at Boston University, where, as you mentioned, I played basketball and I could either come back for a fifth year, I could go play in Europe, or I could be done and kind of jump right into the business world. And I looked at NIL as the greatest opportunity for me to go make an impact because I saw that no one knows what's coming. No one knows how much of an impact this is going to have. I always say this to everyone. NIL doesn't just impact college sports. It impacts all of sports. We've seen really talented professionals drop down into the college ranks to try to build an NIL. We've seen 12-year-olds, six-year-olds sign NIL deals. So it now impacts everything. And so when I looked at the space, like I said, no one's doing it. No one has the experience right from an athlete out of finance and real estate background. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to go and try to build. I had no clue what I was doing. Started building media, then build a whole consulting out of it. And now got some other stuff down the line that I don't know if we may or may not get into. But the whole basis of it has been athletes are at the center of sports and their name, image, and likeness has always reigned supreme. But now from every age, from six years old or even younger to all the way till the day you hang up your cleats, you're able to monetize who you are. And that's you as an athlete. And that's, that's why I wanted to go and build. And, and I decided to do it instead of coming back and playing one more year. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, NIL has impacted me in every way. I mean, a huge life decision all around it as well. So when I first think I'm, I'm older than you, I'm 43, but when I think about NIL, I go back to, you know, the ESPN 30 for 30s when they covered, you know, when I was growing up, they covered the Fab Five. And I remember being, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old, 12 years old, whatever. And like the Fab Five had their own style, their own image. And I was buying the, the black Nike socks and I wanted the baggy shorts, right? We all, it was just like they were trendsetters. And then to fast forward, you know, you look at like video games having the cover. I think it was Ed O'Bannon or one of the O'Bannon brothers who started the lawsuit, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with yep. with with basically looking for comp. And we're talking about back to the mid '90s. This has been going on for you know for decades. As far as college athletes or non professional athletes having their name, image, and likeness used for profit by the institutions and organizations that were you know, and the trade off was well, we give you full scholarships. So so talk about what exactly is NIL name image likeness. So at its core, right, it's just your name, image, and likeness. It's who you are. It's the name on the back of the jersey, right? So it's for me, it's pet cash on the back of the jersey, and it's me being able to monetize that. But the thing is, you can't use the front of the jersey most of the time, right? So you can't be like, hey, Boston University, no, you're selling Andrew Pet Cash. And as you mentioned, this was completely untouched. It was illegal, even though... You it know, was illegal, right? I mean, the NCAA... Out- illegal. Like, you couldn't do anything. It was brown paper bags, you know. Everyone knows the stories. SMU in the 70s. I mean, Reggie Bush, Terrell Power. I mean, it's happening. Guys have got, and girls have got paid for a long time. And really, 2021 in July, when it went live, you know, it, it was like, okay, now everything in the dark is coming to light. But the thing is, there have been a lot of unintended consequences and a lot of things that people didn't quite think of. And uh, that's kind of why we sit here today and people are like, oh, it's the wild, wild west. But I always challenge that and say, is it really the wild, wild west? Coaches leave and take seven, eight, nine million dollars. Just after one year, Tobin Anderson gone from FDU after a run. No one says anything about that. But now that players are getting paid, everyone has this like, you know, distorted perception of what NIL is. And, uh, you know, it's really just you being able to make money because of who you are. And that all stems really from being an athlete. And as we all know, 
athletes, we call them localized superstars. Everyone in their hometown knows who they are. Then they get to college. And especially if you're, say, in Alabama, they don't have any professional teams. So you're the star now of that area. You are the person kids look up to. And so you can make money from social media, from, you know, car, going to car dealerships to really where it gets interesting. And I'm sure we'll start touching on is really these collectives that have popped up these third parties and uh, kind of found the loophole of how to pay athletes to come to their school and pay to play schemes, which are still technically illegal under NIL guidelines. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to get into the use aspect of it, how it's impacting that. However, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, you can probably speak to this definitively, but I'm almost certain that you can't use NIL as a recruiting tool, right? I mean, I, I don't think you can, um, but can you clarify that? I mean, what are the, the rules and regulations regarding college recruiting yeah. and NIL? Like, can I say I got a full scholarship plus a million dollar deal for you? Like, is that legal? Yeah. So let me take a step back first. And so there's really a lot of, ma- there's the major players in this space are really lawyers, agents. And everyone in the athletic department, um, and then collectives. And where I say it's always been good for me from an NIL standpoint is I'm not any of those, not tied. Like my pockets aren't filled by anyone in the space. So I can always give very unbiased and unleveraged opinions and thoughts. And I see it all, but I see it from the third party, the, the bird's eye view. And the one thing that's been interesting about this whole space is you talk to a lot of people and they'll say, this isn't happening. No pay to play isn't going on, but a lot of it, the time it is to protect, you know, whatever their, their interests are. If they're a lawyer, you know, they don't want that to seem like that's happening. Or if you're an agent, you want to be like, Oh, you're the shady agent, but I'll give you an example to kind of answer your question. So last year there's a big 10 player and the collective promises him a million dollars to transfer to their school. And so the kid, of course, you know, works with his agent and he's at a top, top, top agency, like a three letter that represents all the pros. So it's like, this kid is going to get his a million dollars to go here. I heard the other day that he only received, and I said only, you know, with uh, it's relative, he only received like 150,000 of that a million. He's not going to get it. He didn't have a great year. Now his pro stocks way down and he's probably going to have to come back for a fifth year. And, you know, he's not going to be able to go somewhere else and get more. And, but the point being is like, there's pay to play, but there's no regulations around it. And so people are using it for recruiting. These collectives have popped up to form as like their own little companies. And they try to say, Hey, we're paying the athlete to come promote our charity or to come promote our company or to come do events. But it's really just a ploy to get the athletes paid. And so these collectives have teamed up mostly behind the scenes with coaches and the coaches will be like, Hey, we want these players. You know, what can we get them paid? And uh, it's all just made up fairy land numbers. I mean, you'll see crazy stuff. Oh, two million for this kid. We saw Tennessee, they were saying eight million. I mean, most of it's all made up. Um, so the numbers are way lower than people think. But it is 100% in every conversation, especially at the high level D1 schools, pay to play. And that conversation is going to come up. I mean, my brother's transferring right now for his fifth year. He plays Division One basketball. And those are all the conversations that the school is currently at. And... Um, you know, other people reaching out to us saying, Hey, if he comes to this school, you know, we think we could get um, XYZ. So it's just a part of college recruiting now. And I'm going to be interested to see what the NCAA does um, with around the regulations of pay to play. I think it's hard to regulate, but we'll see. So how does that, 
Because, I mean, I, I've talked to, I mean, my oldest is a senior in high school. Um, you know, None of my kids are being approached about NIL deals. They're certainly not at that level. Um, but I've talked to kids or parents whose kids are as young as in middle school. And I know you mentioned even younger than that. I mean, this is definitely impacting. And a lot of it has to do, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, like, how is the compensation? Can you even speak to how the comp is? I, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'll often see kids who say, hey, I got an NIL deal. Use code such and such for 20% off. And I would assume that there's probably a commission or whatever for using that code. Is that the extent of it at the you know high school, middle school type ranks? Or how prevalent do you see you know, NIL going down to those levels? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to kind of answer this and explore this, but I'll kind of pick two. And the first one being, there's also some, and I'm just going to call it like, there's some baloney going on in the space where there's like parents that maybe they work at a company or, you know, they have some tie and they like want to get their kids more publicity or getting them social media followers. So they like set up these, or maybe one of their good friends works at a, you know, a bigger company. They'll set up these kind of ploy NIL deals for younger athletes to try to ignite them into more. So I've seen that a lot. And that's obviously a problem. I've even seen actual parents like go to companies and say like, Hey, we'll buy your product and we'll promote it on social media, but can you make it look like we have NIL deals to try to spur more? So like there's that, that I don't like that has definitely been going on, but really what's happening most of the time is mostly these agents, to be honest, but sometimes even big brands like Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, uh, the, the shoes, you know, all the companies that like apparel brands, they'll come and they'll, they'll be looking and they want to talk to all their people in local areas and be like, you know, who could be the next superstar? And they want to get that kid when he's 10, not when he's 18, not when he's 22. Because imagine you could get LeBron James or you could get Mike Trout when they were 10 years old. I mean, from an early age, you can often tell who the next superstars are going to be. You have a pretty good idea. And they're trying to get to them early because the earlier you get to them, the longer you can keep them, the more value you can extract out of them. These athletes are assets at the end of the day for these brands. Um, just call them a spade a spade. And uh, so the push to go younger is to find the next superstars and be a Nike athlete or an Adidas athlete when they're 14 years old and not have to compete when they're 18 years old when the money's way higher. So that's, that's honestly where a lot of it comes from um, that I've seen is just trying to, trying to get kids at their youngest age and then keep them for life. Early ID, man, early identification. And you're seeing that, you know, in recruiting and it's funny in, in the college baseball landscape, early recruiting is, you know, it's so, it's so prevalent. I mean, you know, there's companies out there who are, you know, broadcasting on their social media platforms like, hey, we're going live on Thursday for so-and-so who's a 2027, his college commitment. And it's like, wait a minute, 2027, that kid's in eighth grade, you know, and, and come to find out in the sport of baseball, if a kid commits, there's nothing binding to that, right? But what happens is their process starts. So, so if my eighth grade son or daughter commits to a school posted on social media. What that basically means is no other schools are really going to pursue them. Now, the upside for the university or the college that that kid commits to is, you know, at the end of the day, if they pan out, that scholarship will be there, right? Meaning if that kid develops on the trajectory that they believe he will, that scholarship will be there. If he doesn't, there's nothing binding. So either party can walk away at any time. So to your point, it's almost like a big smoke show. How can that impact? I mean, you know, I can just think of it as a parent you're almost like using your kids as a commodity. Like that's got to really, in a way, almost kind of flirt with, with their mind some. I mean, can you speak on that at all? Or have you heard any stories about yeah. the mental health aspect of that? 
Yeah, that's where I was kind of going. Like social media, first off, we all know that that has a lot of implications. That's created a lot of problems. And now you put it to an athlete that's a high performer and maybe they're hyped up when they're 10 years old. And there's this kid and I urge everyone to kind of go check him out because you'll see what I'm talking about more here. But his name's Baby Gronk. And that's what his dad labels him as. And uh, actually, one of the brands I was helping, they wanted to like sign him to an NIL deal and talk. So I met and it's like, the father, you know, thinks this kid is legit going to be the next Rob Gronkowski in the NFL. And so this kid's like 10 or 8, I don't know, he's super young and uh, plays football. And it's like putting all this pressure on him. But he has a huge social media following, 400,000. He's meeting with NFL players, going to these camps, meeting sports personalities. And my whole thing is, well, really, who's pocketing a lot of that money? The parent. But really, all the pressure is on the kid now. Because now he's kind of peaking or possibly, you know, at his top when he's 12 years old or 14. And then if he never does go and they do like fake commitment offers, they've done like a fake organ commitment or, oh, baby Gronk's going to University of Miami and they, or he signs a huge deal. And it's like great social media. It's great entertainment. But the problem is it's all, you know, it's all just a show, like you said. And so now all the pressure's on this kid. And so when this kid's actually 18 and let's say he has no offers, then what? Then what happens, right? That That's a very major problem that I see that I just, I don't like. I think it's bad. I think you're putting a lot of pressure on kids. Just let the kid be. Let him be a 10-year-old. Let him go play five sports. Don't force him into football. Don't, I mean, yeah, the social media, I get it. It's cool. There's a lot of opportunities that come off of that. But it's really the parents, like you said, using their kids as the asset. Whereas brands, you know, they'll a lot of time use the athletes as assets. So now this kid is an asset to not only brands, but also his own parents and all the pressures on them to keep going and rising and rising and rising. I think we're going to see a lot of problems out of that. And I call this kind of the rise of the entertainment athlete, where we're also going to see, for example, I see a lot in basketball. And Nick, I know you're, you're big in like baseball wrestling. I wish I could speak a little bit more on this, but I'm going to go basketball just because I'm comfortable with it. But there's kids that when they're 16 years old, maybe they're good, but they're five, seven, five, eight, and they're probably not going to grow. And they're not going to be maybe a high level basketball player. But what they can do is still put on highlight tapes and do all kinds of crazy moves and just become that entertainer and then leverage social media. But the problem is that hurts the game of basketball. That hurts their teammates around them. And yeah, they may make some money because they grow a huge social media following. But they're really just an entertainment athlete. They're not a true athlete trying to be the best they can be. And this is why I firmly believe, especially in basketball, we're going to see more and more and more European players. That's why we already have Doncic and Jokic and Embiid or some of the, they're like probably three of the five best players in the league right now because they're going to be taught the fundamentals and they're not worried about all this entertainment and social media stuff. And you can apply that across all sports. And the rise of this like entertainment youth athlete I think is going to cause major problems. When we come back, Andrew and I discussed the spotlight effect of social media and why it's important for kids to think about their future beyond college athletics. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back. Where we left off, Andrew and I were about to talk about why kids should prioritize their athletic development over potential NIL deals. As you were talking, it it made me think about, and you may be too young, but you may know the story of Todd Marinovich. He was the quarterback, and there was a 30 for 30, ESPN 30 for 30, uh, I believe, done on him. And Todd Marinovich was... You know, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, if I'm not mistaken, when he was as young as like 10, 11 years old. His dad was a strength and conditioning coach in the NFL. And from the time the kid was like two, I mean, this is going back to the 80s. I mean, it was like built up. This kid was, I mean, it was like he was in the public. I mean, really, as you were talking, I'm like, God, Lee, Todd Marinovich was living this 40 years ago. Um, and it screwed him up. Now, he became very, very talented. Uh, He did end up going to the NFL. He also had major, major issues, major issues with his father. And I encourage everyone to go watch the story of Todd Marinovich uh, from a mental health standpoint, had run-ins with the law. I mean, he was someone who was literally doing all these ice things and lifting things, all these different state-of-the-art things when he was a teenager, totally missed his childhood. And he talks about it, how it impacted him. Um, And then when he finally got to the NFL, even though he was projected to be potentially one of the greatest ever, it was almost like, I made it here, I'm done. Like, I can uh, finally yep. get this gorilla off my back. He was so worn out. And that was a one-off story. And it became such national news because it was so unique back then. But I feel like it's so prevalent today. Um, yep. And it's become this situation where it's almost like if you don't do that, or I don't, maybe not, not that extreme, but if you're not like all in with all this stuff, you know, you're not committed to helping your kid be the best when in actuality, the mental component of it is so powerful. Can you talk about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation? And you're an athlete. I mean, doing something to please someone else is probably not the best way to get the most from your own performance. Yeah. And and just last point on the Todd story, that's a great example. And now, like you said, social media has almost created this spotlight effect. So now this is at scale, right? So there's hundreds of Todd's in every sport and it's boosted by their parents and social media. Uh, so it's interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, intrinsically as an athlete, like for me, it was always like, I know I'm the best. I know what level I can get to. And honestly, one of my faults probably, I you know sit back and reflect on this even, but intrinsically, like my goal was always to be division one basketball player. And I got that and had a good career but it was never really past that, right? 
So to me, it was like my, one of my last goals was to make March Madness NCAA tournament. We did it, you know, the whole 2020 year, so it got canceled. So, you know, the only year it gets canceled, we made it my last goal. But, uh, oh, dude, that anyway, sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awful. But intrinsically for me, it was like proving to myself that I know how good I am. I know I can compete at this level. And I also, you know, I knew I wanted a good academic school. So I got everything I wanted. So intrinsically, like I achieved that. But I also, when I sit back extrinsically, I always looked at it because my senior year, we had no fans and I really struggled that year. And I just had no motivation. I didn't really like the sport anymore. And I realized like a lot of my motivation wasn't as much internal as it should have been. I played for the fans a lot and I liked, you know, people coming up to me and telling me good game. And I liked the interviews and I liked all that stuff. And I realized, like, the reason – there's two reasons I probably couldn't have – I mean, there's other factors, right? I mean, size, strength, athleticism, all that. But really, like, I think you can do almost anything you put your mind to. For me, it was I didn't have a high enough goal to go to the NBA. I should have been thinking more of that than just D1 if I really wanted to. And then I shouldn't have had such an extrinsic value on everything. I shouldn't have always been playing for the fans. I shouldn't have liked that so much. Because if I really wanted to be the best I could, it wouldn't matter if there was 18,000 people in the gym or there was 20 people. And so I think a lot of people are more focused on the extrinsic now and having the big social media and having the big game. and Everyone telling them how great they are and, you know, going and doing your workouts and filming them. Be like, oh, look, I squatted 300 pounds today or benched 300, whatever it is. But intrinsically, you got to like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, what am I really doing? Am I trying to become my higher self? Am I? I saw this on social media the other day and it's basically saying like suffering is good in the sense, like if it was easy, there'd be no value to it. And they were talking more about like a six pack or something. But I, I, I was like, it's true. Like it's really hard to play college sports and you really have to want it and you have to go get it. And then once you're there though, to me, like there should be another goal after it because I see a lot of kids and, and I went through it. And a lot of my, when I was like a freshman, I saw the seniors really go through it. They were just done. Like there was nothing after that. And uh, it's funny. That's kind of bringing it back full circle to this Todd story. I think that's what happened. And so you always have to be thinking a little bit ahead to motivate yourself internally. And then externally, you kind of got to turn that noise off and you can play it and you can use it to your factor. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to you versus you. We recently released a blog talking about, we're not going back to the good old days, dude. I'm 40, like I said, I'm 43 years old. You know, I grew, my youth sports experience took place in the late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, we're not going back there. Like, kids don't get a ball and go in the cul-de-sac every day. I mean, some do, but it's not like, you know, and hey, let's go play tennis ball, baseball all the time. And like, yeah, we could preach that, but... It's just not, we don't go backwards. Like it just doesn't happen as much. You know, not as many kids are getting a basketball and going to the park and running full court, you know, for four hours in a day. There's so many other venues. Everything's organized and structured. So as parents, as adults, as those who are involved in sports, who are trying to put messages out there to listen, one of the biggest goals that might even be the biggest goal of the reform sports project is to help parents and kids and people make the best informed decisions, right? Informed decisions. I'm not trying to help you make the decision. We're trying to help you make, so, hey, here's the pros, here's the cons. This way you see a path, you see the downside, you see the potential upside, whatever it is, 
And now you can now you can have the information to navigate that, right? It's like making any decision. You make a checklist, like rather than, oh, I'm getting hyped into this one or I'm getting hyped into that one. Like make the best informed decision. Now that you see, because you cover the business of sports, you're covering the things that are happening, the technological advances in youth sports. Um, what are things that parents should be on the lookout for with this NIL, with people who may be in their corner if their kid's a fairly good athlete? How should they prepare themselves and help navigate it so that it stays, you know, with some balance? Yeah, I mean, it's only going to get messier. And I say this because even when I was going through the recruiting process, I had no clue what was going on. I, I had committed to a school and I decommitted on signing day. And so I lost all my other offers. So I didn't even know what I was doing in recruiting. And I come from a good family, you know, smart people all around. And it's like, we didn't even know what we were doing. And now you throw NIL on top of all that. My whole thinking is like, you got to educate yourself a little bit better first. And you can't listen to all the noise. So go listen to podcasts by Nick and more of them. Read this stuff and go on Twitter. There's so many people that put up good stuff, but really get educated first on like actual recruiting. That would be my first thing. Like, if you don't understand recruiting, then you have no chance of actually understanding NIL because they're tied at the hip now. Recruiting and NIL are really going to be the same thing going forward because unless you want to be the entertainment athlete and you're really just learning branding and marketing and you're going more towards the influencer route or, you know, like a celebrity route. And that's fine to learn. And I think that's great for athletes. It's going to create incredible athlete entrepreneurs. I mean, I already seen so many over the last couple of years that have used NIL at college to boost to the next level. But when you come back to high school, it's like, if you're thinking about just NIL, then you're not going to make the best decision for your actual athletic ability. And you're going to cap out too early. I mean, you look at even like Steph Curry, for example, he's an NBA now, like 14 years, but his first four years, he was making like basically the minimum NBA salary, like a little bit over. And so like, if all he was focused on was getting NIL money in high school and then he got to Davidson, and he did all right, but he was just so focused on that, not his game, he would never be to where he is today. And so to me, it's like understand recruiting and really understand how you're going to get better and better and better. And the NIL will fall in place. And there's a ton of great people and resources to take care of that. And the schools now, especially the colleges, and you look at D1 especially, they're going to become some of the greatest uh, basically educational centers for athletes. I mean, you look at the pros, they have like, and I'm just going to use the NBA PA as an example because I know a lot of people over there, but they have all this education and they help athletes. And now they're helping them get into venture and they're helping them invest and manage their money and finances. And they have all these speakers, but it's very like still like offset because they don't have it in the teams. They have it from the league standpoint, but now every university is going to have these centers and is going to have these actual people where you're not just meeting with an academic advisor to go through your academic schedule, you're going to be meeting with like an NIL person. So to me, when you talk about back to your question, really focus on recruiting and focus more on how focus on lifting or focus on becoming a better athlete or better baseball player, or soccer, or tennis or whatever it is. And then just peripherally keep an eye on NIL and understand like it all mostly, not all, but most of it stems from social media. And so, Hey, you're already posting highlights and huddle stuff. Just start posting that to your social media and just keep learning and learning and learning. And that's what my brother did. He's, I mentioned he's a senior or he's going to be his fifth year uh, playing Division One basketball next year. And he just started posting about like health and fitness stuff on his TikTok and his Instagram. And he grew to 50,000 followers. And now he's getting some small brand deals and it's, and it's great. But it's really just follow what you're passionate about. 
passionate about, but worry more, more about athletics. So that's how I would answer that. I think I kind of covered it, Nick, and answered it. But, uh, yeah, there's too many people worried about NIL, and they forget about what actually matters, which is the sport, and then recruiting. And recruiting stems from pros to college to high school, of getting to the highest level. I used to want to put everything in a microwave oven and make the results, you know, heat up as quickly as possible. There's just no supplement for long-term daily, you know, 1% better, those old cliches, like put it in on high, put it in for 30 seconds in the microwave, isn't going to get the same result versus putting the turkey in the oven and cooking it for X amount of hours over the course of the day, right? I mean, good things sometimes just take time. And I think that's what you're talking about. 100%. Where could people find you? Um, your blog, all your content, what's the best way they can connect? Cause we all, everyone that's listening to this needs to freaking go follow Andrew. Dude's a stud. So on all social medias at Andrew pet cash, that's Andrew and then pet and cash put together. Uh, and then my website is profluence.com. That's pro and then fluence, which like, instead of influence, it's just fluence. And, uh, yeah, all my stuff's there. You can check it out. But, uh, yeah, and hit me up. I, I answer and talk to everyone, DMs, emails. Um, it's fun just trying to help everyone uh, from pro athletes down to youth parents to investors, executives in sports. It's It's been fun kind of sitting in the middle of a lot of people, and it, it's exciting, though. I know we talked about some of the, the challenges and uh, some of the problems that could stem from NIL. But all in all, it's a really good thing, and, and we should all embrace it and be thankful. And and also, not, I mean, a little bit mad that it took this long for athletes to just make money doing what they do. But uh, it's good. Exciting times ahead for sure. I love that, and I agree with you 100%. Andrew Petcash, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Great conversation, man. I love your work, and uh, I look forward to continuing following you. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Likewise, brother. That's Andrew Petcash, sports entrepreneur and creator. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.